I finally just decided there's no way I can keep living the way I'm living. Like I will kill myself eventually. Like this isn't wow. a sustainable. Yeah. I finally just realized like, I need to sort things out no matter like how much it pisses people off around me. You're listening to the Christoph Lewis podcast, a podcast where I have conversations with inspirational people. My name is Chris, but my family calls me Christoph. My goal is to have as many conversations as possible with people who have forged their own path by pursuing their dreams, making them a reality, all the while emitting positivity and sharing this knowledge with others. I seek these people out and share this information with you, proving to the world that you can do what makes you happy and do what you want for a living while being a good human being. We'll talk about careers, but we'll also cover any story that inspires. Let's do this while helping each other. Thanks for listening. I'm happy you're here. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Career. This is conversation number 158, total episodes number 272. I'm so excited and so full of gratitude that you're here for yet another episode. The podcast has been cut in half, the frequency that is, so one episode of the conversations, the guests, and one episode of the contemplations, just me, a week for a total of two whopping episodes a week, cut down from four. Anyways, the podcast will move forward. The podcast is going through a reorganization, and so is my personal life. So my guest today is Caitlin Chacon, and she is a former Air Force. She is an Air Force veteran of eight years. She's been out for a few years, and she has created the Sierra Hotel Echo podcast and company, which we're going to talk about what that is, why she created it, created out of frustration, spoiler alert, but why? It's so cool to see that she was frustrated with something so very much in her career, in her life, and she created something out of that. So not only to help herself, but to leave the room in a better place after she left. So essentially leave the world in a better place after she left. She is helping people just like her. We talked a little bit about her career transition, the behaviors that helped that transition, and what she's doing now. And it's just really exciting. So remember, you can find this episode on ChristophLewis.com forward slash podcast on any of your favorite podcast app. And you can head over to YouTube and watch the conversations there. These ones with the guests, head over there and subscribe. That would be massively helpful as well as sharing the podcast with a friend, heading over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and rating five stars. Thank you so much again. I always appreciate it. So without further ado, welcome to the Christoph Lewis podcast to create your career. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I was just telling you the podcast is going through this massive restructuring and you're getting me in like this weird purgatory like moments in my life where I'm like trying to figure out what the hell is going on with my life. So it's going to be like <laughs> really cool asking you about some of the things that are going on in your life because yeah. your prior service as well for eight years in the Air Force. And then you said you just mm-hmm. got done with college in Denver and you moved out here to Virginia Beach. So I want to talk okay. a little bit more about that since that's kind of what I like to focus on. And as I was saying, I want to focus a little bit more on those types of things as I try to figure it out myself. So until we get, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, before we get into the rest of the episode, do you mind telling us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, of course. So my name is Caitlin Chacon. Um, I'm known for like a medley of things, but the things I'm most known <laughs> for being the creator of a female veteran media company called Sierra Hotaco, so that she and the phonetic alphabet. And also I'm really known for in a whole set of other um, places outside of probably listeners here for being related to um, veteran and military related research within psychology and neuroscience. Oh, wow. That's really cool. So yeah, what, can you tell me a little bit more about that second thing? What is that? Yeah. So 
Um, so I'm just finishing up my bachelor's at the University of Colorado. I go to the Denver campus. I graduate in May and now I'm online and it's like <laughs> awful. But um, when doing that, when I first, it kind of actually ties in together. They, they're more together than um, I think a lot of people realize. Sure. So um, when I first got out of the Air Force four years ago, um, I started going to college and I just didn't know what I really wanted to do. And I took one psychology class and I just like fell in love and changed my major oh, cool. and I was so into it. Um, but then I kept reading so much literature about military because I'd be like um, told I should do this as like a project by teachers for points and whatever. So I do it. And I'd read this research and it's like great methodical research that makes a lot of sense that's supposed to help a lot of us veterans or military um, personnel. And it's through the lens of somebody that doesn't know military culture. Okay. And so I kept seeing a lot of sampling errors, which then would like change how we would get care as from mental health physicians. And then I saw even a drastic what I felt was errors for female veterans or female service mm -hmm. members. So then I was just like, I was getting kind of frustrated. I felt like I was very uh, overlooked when I was transitioning out that sure. first year on campus, going to the Veterans Center um, by my other veteran student peers, by my former military people who were still active. I just felt like I didn't fit in any Venn diagram with anybody. I was yeah. just like an outlier somewhere. And then, um, so then I was just kind of got this fire of, I'm going to learn as much as I can about female veterans from like the science and literature. Like mm -hmm. I'm an academia now, like, let me try to evolve myself. And I just found that there was like these epic lifestyle trends that female veterans would have. And also when they're in, and I already knew that when I was in, I just thought like all of that kind of junk would just drop when I got out. So um, I was so into podcasting at the time, it was in 2016. And I was like, why isn't there you know, a veteran platform for women, like not even just for women to listen to, but for a woman mm, to speak mm. about all the things that men are speaking about, like, I'm still veteran at the end of the day. And so then I just decided to create Sierra Hotel Echo. That's so cool that you're able to do that. I think some of the words that I honed down on that you were so frustrated, I think it's really neat to create something out of frustration. Because if you're feeling frustration, I would feel as if more than likely other people are feeling that as well. And then I, yeah. this being like the create the career your career podcast, it's really cool to ha have you on here and feature your story because you were frustrated by something and you went out and you just created it. And of course, I always like talking about helping other people, and that's exactly what you're doing. So you're epitomizing all the things that I try to highlight here and the and the career transition. And I think it's kind of cool that we talk about education not too frequently, but it comes up. And you know, I'm. I think college has its place, but I think it, it was cool that you leveraged college to, and you found something that you liked through that. So I think it's cool yeah. that like there's a you, you could experience a lot of different types of classes and it kind of helps you see maybe what you're interested in or maybe what you're not interested in because that's helpful too. But you were able yeah. to like hone down on that and then create something out of that. And so you've been out for four years and how long has... Right. The Sierra, um, the Sierra Hotel Echo been. Oh. Yeah, I was just trying to think of like my phonetics. I was like, it hasn't been, it hasn't been that long since I've been out, but I should know this. <laughs> but how long yeah, have you been doing that? Um, so, uh, which is really interesting. Going back to that is, um, so I felt all that really frustration got out in 2016, sure. and then um, I was thinking about starting a podcast, but I was like, oh, like I don't want to be teared apart online. Like I'm, uh, and yeah. looking back, I feel very like insecure with 
owning my like military and veteran ID. Like I didn't want the plates on my car. I didn't want a sticker. I didn't want to wear shirts. I want like, but the men would do it all the time. And it's just like, I don't know, like even my um, college peers who are just like the 18, 19 year olds who went to college. Like, I just felt like every time I said I served in the military, they, they thought of me differently, you know, mm-hmm. like I all of a sudden it was somebody to like fear like whereas oh, wow. like i felt like when there'd be a male veteran in my class then they'd be respected and hmm. and then my like and i realized i had to soften my words and i had to use a lot of pleasing tones in order or like in emails and like really soften things up and um that was really frustrating because like in order to get in the military i had to get rid of all of that like social norms that i was taught like as a young girl so I, the Me Too movement started the next year, and then that kind of gave me the the gusto, I guess. I'm like, I'm just going to launch it. Like, I'm not the only female feeling like this, and I'm mm-hmm. sure if normal women, normal civilian women are starting, they're all, like, their platforms, then that would make sense that we would have more reason to, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? So I started mm-hmm. that in 2017, and it's um, going on its fourth season starting it's this so year. And so it's just been really exciting a to start a platform and go public with your life and yes. <laughs> to get the encouragement that I've had because we're up to like 7,000 listeners now and we don't do video or anything is strictly audio. So to like get that far in this podcast world or media world or influencer world has been really exciting. So I'm really excited to like notch it up with what everybody else is up to do. But that if, but I didn't realize when you start like a media platform, you're also launching a business. And like, mm-hmm. I had no business savviness or anything. And even in my academia world, like it's not business savvy. So it's like, I was new, doing my new like civilian career while like creating a business while going public my life. And it's just like all merged yeah. together. It's been really, um, feels like a sprint. Like, I feel like I'm finally like, yeah. on a like the cool down from a sprint. Yeah. Yeah. And as we're recording this in the latter part of April, most people know that listen to this, I'm like going through and I I obviously mentioned at the beginning, but two years, you've been doing it for four. So congrats. That's a long time to be doing something like this. And you're right. It's a lot more involved than you really think it is. And it's, I like how you said, it's a lot more like a business than, than one thinks it is. And I think it's incredible that you've been doing it so long and you've been able to get out there and, and just do it because it's super scary. You're right. And a lot of people that want to start podcasts or start creating content, you said something about like exposing your life essentially, and you definitely are exposing a large portion of your life. But I know because of that, because of exposing your life and with the intentionality of wanting to help other people, it's only for the better. And you are going to help people through that as tough it is. And you know, you obviously get like, I get crappy comment. Like it's like crazy because like you want to help people and I want to help people, but you're like, who are you to like? What are you, what are you really doing with your day to be able to content or comment such a nasty thing to me? But I digress. But so you done it for four yeah. years, which is a long time. You, I think it's cool how you saw other people doing uh, something similar to what you wanted to do, and then you took that time to be able to you know let's just do it. Let's just get started. And that yeah. a lot of time uh, from interviewing and talking to so many people, I see like that's what can be the hardest part is just literally getting it started and getting it moving. And then you're doing it now. And, uh, you have other co-hosts too, right? Yeah, I do. Um, I've had several different co-hosts over the different seasons, but now I'm just running the show solo and I'm really excited to take away like the, the gamuts of Mm. me and a co-host talking and just really find really, really interesting guests and just focusing on them because 
in myself, I didn't realize also how much interviewing is a skill and how to refine yeah. that skill. And yeah. when you want to ask a question for you personally, but that's not what the audience <laughs> is going to care about and, and getting to know your audience. So I'm really excited to like tune in that skill that I, you know, like mm-hmm. whittle that down and then use it in this next season. And plus being in this new location with like, I just feel like it's a perfect time to do that being in this very heavy military population. Yeah, it's so cool. And I cannot wait for this pandemic to pass. So there's so many people (laughs) around here that would be great for interviews. So I think you're in a great place to be able to do that. And again, to reiterate, uh, speaking of getting to know who your listener is, like one of the things that we always, always talk about, we've talked about a couple things, you know, helping other people, but with the create your career, I talk about transitions a lot, but uh, equally important, I want to talk about creating the career. So what does that mean? It means you got out after eight years and I'd like to hear a little bit about your transition as well, but you got out yeah. and you went to school and you created things for yourself. You created your path. There is no path for becoming a content creator, a podcaster and leveraging what you learned in college to be able to apply that to what you like, yeah. you know, after that in that sense. So I like the creativity aspect of that. And I think after two years of creating podcasts, I know how much of the creativity that does take. So if we could go back just a couple steps and, and, and I would love to hear a little bit more about your transition, like how it was. And as the listeners Mm -hmm. are listening to the answer, I know we talk with a lot of military people, but it's for like, so I'm out of the military now and I've transitioned from career to career already. So I always yeah. like thinking about applying it to that way as well. So a career transition, but how was yours? My transition was pretty rough. Like um, my, my last like two years in the military were really, really rough. Mm-hmm. And it was like things to do within my career and like my personal life. And also as a single mother, like I am a single mother and like juggling all of that. And then I was just like, you know what, like I need to do that's what's best for me and my son and it's time to get out. And I had to get out at the time I got out and I don't know if I was completely prepared to get out, but at the end of the day, I said to myself, like there's everything in you, what you can do in your career you've done. So it's like, what are you going to stay in and do left? Like yeah. you're just going to put yourself more behind in a career, you know, you want outside. Yeah. So I just decided to take that leap. And then I immediately went, um, onto campus at Arizona state at the time. And I was just, I, I didn't know how old I was. Like that was like the one thing <laughs> that was really like shocking. Yeah. Like I, I felt like I was this young, like hip, like staff and CEO. <laughs> yeah. And then I got out and everybody was like, you like, like going to like media classes when they want to like talk about media. And I'm like, yeah, like the first movie I saw was Lion King in the theater. And they were like, what? Like that didn't even come out. Like I wasn't even born yet. And I was like, what? Like, it was just kind of like, I felt like I was like too old. I felt like people were judging me because I had a child already. I felt like people like, and I was in a liberal setting all of a sudden mm-hmm. instead of being a very conservative setting. So now people were like wondering about my deployments and what I did on my deployments. And then when I told them that my job was like loading bombs and missiles on fighter jets, like that's a disabling thing to say, but in the military, that's a like awesome thing to say. So it just became like very, uh, I just felt like every setting I went into, I didn't belong. Like I just uh, could not find anywhere I belong and that in itself is like depressing. Sure. And then I all of them just had like, weird reduction of pay that just kept happening so like I was used to my you know first and 15th like things at least get me by so I could go like retail shopping for fun and then I didn't have that anymore so I like I just had to like redo everything Mm -hmm. that I was used Mm -hmm. to yeah it's tough and one of the things you said is 
you weren't fully prepared to get out, but you still mm-hmm. did it, right? So that's a huge thing. I try to like pull things out as we discuss here because I encourage you guys, if you're listening, to not only just listen, but like, how can I apply this to my life? And yeah. I, I mean, like, when are you ever ready? And like, it's funny because even when you got out, like you're still not comfortable, really, you know, it's still weird. And you say you don't really fit in. And that's a lot how I felt coming out of the military, going into my first job. And and what's funny on my side is like, I thought I was ready. Like I I was like, I've been preparing for a while. And I got out and I showed up on my first day in my civilian job. And I was like, I'm not ready for this. Like, this is so weird and so awkward. And I feel so out of place. And it's really understandable. And I think I can even more relate. I'll be 33 this year. And I know I got out when I was like 31 and I was like, I'm pretty cool young guy too. But I was like, I'm working with like kids in their lower twenties. And I was like, I was the old guy and it's just such a weird feeling. But if I've learned anything in my life and especially in this podcast is that age is absolutely irrelevant. It's like what, you know, what you apply, you know, what you do with Mm -hmm. your time. And it's so awesome to see what you have done with your time and even though you were uncomfortable getting out and even though you were uncomfortable in those situations that you're able to make all of this out of that, you know, and then now you're here and as soon as some of this cloud clears up, you know, outside, then we'll be able to have a little bit more fun and do a little bit more of what we want to do. So that's really okay. awesome. So what do you kind of see for yourself moving forward? You said you're going to start the fourth season of the podcast. It's going to be a little bit more solo. You're going to have some guests and I would love to hear a little bit more how you've not just created a podcast, but you said you've created more of a, a business out of it yeah. as well. So what are some other aspects of that? Um, I guess this is really, really specific to anybody that's wanting to create content specifically, but understanding that every single piece of content is business marketing mm-hmm. and understanding mm-hmm. if you're going to put it out and put your name on it and pay to put it out, mm-hmm. then you need to figure out some way to gain from that short term or long term mm-hmm. or figure out how to time leverage that piece of content into four pieces of content that you could potentially reach different audiences because at the end of the day, numbers are everything when it comes to this business. So thinking about, okay, if I'm going to put out this episode, if I'm going to use a catchy phrase, I'm going to plan to use that catchy phrase. So then I could put on a t-shirt. So when I'm sleeping, somebody buys a t-shirt or is that catchy phrase going to trend somewhere or is somebody going to want to share this like particular person that was on the show? Like thinking about that spider web of a business, it's like just so um, marketed related that Mm -hmm. uh, I had no idea. I just really wanted stories to be shared and now it's turned into like a real business so I that was too much for me like that was just getting like too much mm-hmm. to be like the creator be like the empath involved and then also be a host and then like show up as talent every day so I just decided I'm going to start asking for help and bring people on my team and really like understanding that from like almost like an NCO point of view of mm-hmm. like okay I need help here and I'm going to delegate mm-hmm. so bringing people on to my team to help mm-hmm. and offering them something other than money you know mm-hmm. yeah that's a good way to think about it something i've struggled with too and i would imagine that other people are struggling with it as well kind of like we talked about in the beginning of your story that you shared with us as you were struggling within the military about or you were, you said you were frustrated and it's yeah. just it's just cool to be able to take those frustrations and those struggles and make something out of it so you started delegating and actually doing something which leads me into one of the other questions i really like talking about is some of the behaviors that you've had in your life led to your version of your success and delegating, I think would fall into one of those understanding that, but what would you say some of those other behaviors might be? 
Well, I guess to like take it back more to my like personal life is I had to get right within my own self to get to the point where I wanted to be mm-hmm. able to be a leader or to serve others because you have to be one or the other. I feel like if you're going to have an outreach business, if you yeah. want to call it that. So um, I guess like fast forward to, like 2012 to 2014, like I just had some of the worst years of my life. Like they were just so, so low. And I wasn't really doing anything to help myself. I wasn't getting the proper help in my command or on base at mental health or the chapel or whatever. And um, I finally just decided, like, there's no way I can keep living the way I'm living. Like, I will kill myself eventually. Like, this isn't a sustainable way to live, you know. And I finally just realized, like, I need to sort things out no matter, like, how much it pisses people off around me, you know, like if somebody does me wrong, then they're going to pay those penalties, you know? And if somebody, people are good around me, but they're telling me like, looks in the mirror, this behavior isn't right. I think the first thing I did was just create a circle of self accountability where Mm. people love me and I have to share my dreams with them. And then if I stray, they are going to be like hard on me and tell me like, this isn't for you. This isn't what we've like planned together for like your life. And so like, get it right. Or I'm going to start distancing myself from you because I don't want to be affected by your bad behavior. That's really interesting to hear that last part. Cause we talk about, or I've even talked about accountability quite a bit. And I know I've been able to get out of some pretty bad ruts because of accountability, but it's interesting to hear that very last point about, Hey, if you don't get your shit together, like, you know, I don't really want to stick around if, if, if you can't do it either. You know, it goes both ways. I think it goes with a yeah. lot of like coaches, whether it be, uh, you know, therapy, talking about working your brain or physically like I, I've even talked to some, um, you know, physical coaches on here where they're like, you know, I pretty much make them sign a thing like they, you know, they have to commit. So it always goes both ways. It just can't be somebody yeah. you can't expect somebody in a mentor position or a friend position, you know, like we're talking about accountability, doing all of the work and just constantly checking in and you're not doing shit like, you know, that's that's just not going to work. So I love that you said that. And I love that you reiterate accountability because I know it's been so powerful in my life and it sounds like it's really worked for you but even stepping a little bit back and saying where you really said you just couldn't live your life like that and it could have gotten really dark really quick but what do you think like do you think that you would have kept on going down that way you said you definitely would have gone down that way but like what allowed you or what gave you the light or, you know, that little change in your brain to be like, that's, I definitively don't need to go down there. Don't want to go down there, but I want to make it pivot. I I need to make a change. Like, why didn't you just succumb to the darkness? And why did you come out from that? I feel like I wish there was like some really like moment in which like it was positive for me, but it was Mm -hmm. really getting to like the deepest point. And I've never actually like shared this publicly, but I had like a month of uh, psychosis where like Mm -hmm. I thought there was like I would see like this demon type creature Mm -hmm. and then um, I remember I was like in a separation briefing and all of a sudden like I don't know like I was just my body was just so stressed out and like I was just like so hot so hot so hot and I kept like taking off my layers and like this woman was like annoying me so bad and she was just treating us like really rude the civilian woman. And, um, all of a sudden, like I got down to my CNT, just like my shirt underneath my uh, cami top. And like, I looked down and my veins were like, just so, so blue, like, mm-hmm. like interesting blue, like sea blue, which they're not, you know? And then, 
um, I just remember there's like this beautiful voice, like angelic voice in my head. It was just like, if you cut them, then like all the bad will bleed out. And if you survive, then you have a good life. And if you don't, then like, then it's just done. And I just remember, and I have a son at this point and I was just like, that's just not an option. Like that's not an option. Like, and a, that's not realistic. Like that's not what's going to happen. And I remember I was just like, I'm not right. So I was actually, um, seeing somebody and I just knew I couldn't leave that building. Like I was just had like a crazy psychosis, uh, suicidal ideation. I just didn't understand yeah. that that was like real things that could happen to me. Wow. And I was like, you've really like neglected yourself for so long that now you're hearing like a fucking voice. Like, are mm-hmm. you kidding me? And I was just like, obviously there's a self accountability that I've allowed myself mm-hmm. to get this bad mm-hmm. where I've yeah. not done the things that I should be doing. And I shouldn't like, it was just this moment of just like pure frustration that it was happening and also realizing like, okay, but you're in control. Like you're choosing a, not to listen. You're choosing to go seek help. And I immediately was walked over to mental health and like just talked through it and immediately just started treatment. Like, and I think that moment of just like deciding, like, I didn't want to go to therapy. I wasn't into mental health at the time Mm -hmm. and just deciding like, no, it's going to suck. Like we're all the way down and you have to build yourself back up and it's not going to be easy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so cool because it def- it doubles down on the accountability and the accountability is not just with somebody else. It's with you. It starts with you. Like where you're saying yeah. you, you got, you got to have the, the other part of the accountability when you're working with somebody else. But to start, like you really got to want it. That's, that's a scary place to be. And you noticed admittedly. And I think it's great to hear. And I appreciate you saying that because you, you said you noticed that, you know, I'm the one that allowed myself to get so far. And I think sometimes you don't even realize how far you're kind of drifting away. And then one day yeah. you wake up and you're like, how did I get here? You know, how have I been yeah. able to let myself go this far? But yeah, go ahead. Cause I was going to say, but you were able to apply that self accountability. Yeah. As much as like, I am an aspiring psychologist and I do want my doctorates and I'm a mental health advocate. I feel like we've entered this like soft, like, Days and I don't know if like social media is playing a role where it's mm-hmm. just like you accept your mental illness. And I'm just I'm not for it. Like, oh, like a lot of times I think we're coddling our own brains by mm-hmm. saying like it's so and so's fault and so and so's fault. Mm-hmm. Like half the time, like you allow bad behaviors to create your mental illness. Sometimes like uh, there's only two yeah, mental disorders really that are genetic. You know, so and even like I research a lot of PTSD issues and it need a like the research isn't there to get where we want to be but i feel like sometimes when people tell me they have ptsd i'm like well have you even tried therapy like, no and i'm like okay but you're not helping yourself at all so like when are you going to be accountable to even your illness at all really interesting really strong really bold point that i think is often overlooked because it's come up here a lot on the show i don't think yeah nobody's nobody's mentioned that so i love that you've said that and i hope people can take that out there and again like PTSD, obviously, in the military community is a little bit more of a common thing, but obviously PTSD is very prevalent within the civilian community as well for a plethora of things. So I think like, how can you say you're a victim, but not want to do something about it to a sense? And I'm I'm sure there's always examples. And uh, I think it can be really hard to ask for help. But again, another thing that I like about what you've described here is that as hard as as hard as it is, and a lot of times we're like, well, nobody's going to want to listen to me or we make up all these excuses, but you did immediately go to get help and you followed through with that help. And now you're sitting here in front of me being able to tell that story to me, which 
further benefits you, I think, saying the story and then you, you know, somebody else is listening to it and able to hear that too. And hopefully if they didn't have the courage before they have the courage now to do something like that. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, um, if anything, I've learned by having these experiences and then pursuing um, a degree in psychology and then being trained as a um, researcher and like being more in the upper echelons of what you want to call of like psychologists and training and like social workers who therapists you would see if you're struggling um they care like Mm -hmm. this is not an easy career field it's Mm -hmm. not easy to get into these degree programs it's so hyper competitive like to get a phd in psychology is more competitive than to get into med school nowadays Mm -hmm. it's um, about like a three percent acceptance rate for phds and it's about ten percent from med school so these people aren't here because it's a easy a good paying job or easy or all these things like they're there because they care Mm -hmm. yeah that's a great point too to be able to do that and i love that you're doing that like you are doing what you truly care about and that's what i hope to yeah. encourage other people and that's part of the reason i'm taking a, a a huge break into podcasting at least cutting it back so i can further define that for myself because uh one of the things you said even earlier was i think on the accountability portion was having people tell you essentially what you need to hear not what you want to hear and i had a guy tell me last week what i needed to hear not i really didn't want to hear it so i think there's just a lot of self-accountability going on with you you're very conscious of of, of what you've done and what you want to do. And that is um, very hopeful for me, for myself, even on, like on a, you know, on a personal level from me to you that it's, you know, it's feasible. And of course I want to highlight that to the people listening that that is very feasible to be able to get it well, because there's a lot of frustration in not knowing what you want to do, but even going all the way back to college, again, you're able to just put yourself in a position which allows you to see many things you may and may not want to do and then be able to build on that and build on that. And here we are years later, you're still building on it, but you've come a long way from that moment that you described us, which was pretty terrifying to be honest with you, like to be able to, yeah. you know, hear get to that point. And I'm sure other people have gotten to similar points, you know? So I'd like to know with the, with the time that we have left, I sometimes ask about, you know, most interesting problems or obstacles. And I think we've covered a few of those already in your own story. But let's touch on a little bit of like mentorship. So did you have anybody that came into your life uh, either organically or you're like, hey, can you help me out? Or did you not not even uh, people, you know, professionals, not even just talking to professionals or do you have any friends or anybody like that at all? Yeah, I've had mentors in every single phase of my life. Um, I've never been close to my family, and I moved around a lot growing up. So I think it was something very natural for me at a young age I developed. But I guess the bigger point I want to make about that is, like, never like the worst thing you can do when asking a question is be told no. And you already know that might be an option. So when it comes to, like, mentorship, like, ask anybody, like, Mm -hmm. like, to get in a PhD program, it's basically asking somebody who's in the field that you want to be in doing what you want to do, like, please mentor me and accept me into your college so I can learn. And it's you're getting no over and over. Like, there's so many times where I was just like, I want to be where that person's at. And I want them to teach me how they got mm-hmm. there. And I just ask, like, um, I don't I have mentors in every single part of my yeah. life. And it's a lot of times it's because I just ask. Yeah, it's so funny how that happens. You'd be really surprised. I think like as a podcast host, I could just use that example. Like just uh, there's no there's no way that person would be on my podcast or would want to be on my podcast. But if you just ask a lot of times people just go, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Like, you know, no big deal. So yeah, I love how that's applicable. Like sometimes there's just not a reason or a need 
to be able to overcomplicate things. Just, just, just yeah. do them. Like we were talking about the podcast. And sometimes I think uh, we build it up a little bit worse than it's going to be in our head. I, I probably can definitively say that's the case because I, I know I do it all the yeah. time pretty much as I, I make it way worse in my head and it's rarely ever that bad. So it's it's been really great to hear all this. And I think that's a great note to end on. But before we get out of here, can you tell us where we can find you? Yeah, so um, you can find me on all social media platforms. My name is Caitlin Chacon on Instagram. It's Kate, K-A-I-T dot she for the Sierra Hotel Go podcast. On Twitter, it's just uh, Caitlin Chacon, no spaces or periods or anything. And then Facebook, is, I like to keep private, and plus I don't really like the platform much. And then you can find <laughs> the podcast on any single streaming platform available. And then I will be launching a YouTube channel and merging the kind of uh, that series, the podcast series, into like an overall arching um, brand adopt, just me and my life and the things I'm interested in, what I'm doing. Okay, cool. Very cool. So you all will be able to find that and uh, and more. All, all the good things, Caitlin, in there. So, Caitlin, thank yeah. you so much for being here. I really appreciate yeah. your time. This has been an absolute pleasure. I know everybody else enjoyed this and definitely head down into the show notes and check out Sierra Hotel Echo. Have a great night and thanks so much. Yeah, thank you.